disease with his hands. I'm going down to the river. I'm going down to face the truth. I hear the sound of the river. So take me down. Turn me loose. Hard Rock Life. We're here with Austin Mo. What's going on, Austin? What's up, man? So that was good the, to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you too, man. Definitely. And that that was the river. Yeah, it sounded like it. Hell yeah, dude. And um, what's that album called? What's that? Oh, album? that was just that was just a single that uh, Frank Cannon and I worked on during COVID. And for those who don't know, who is Frank Cannon? <laughs> uh, he's just some guy who wrote wrote a couple songs, sold a couple million records, you know, in this band called Tesla. So yeah, yeah fuck yeah, no man. big deal. <laughs> it, it's wild, dude. Yeah, uh, we met you. I think it was like a year and a half, maybe even two years ago. Now it was yeah. cl close, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, we we did. Uh, you did the song. I want you to want me. Fun. Yeah, that was super fun. That was fun. We shot a video for it and everything. You got to meet your mom and your sister. and <laughs> That was awesome. And, and how old are you? I'll be 26 in a couple months, dude. Yeah, wow. And you I'll be a young spring chicken. <laughs> yeah, dude. You, you've been doing this for a long time, though. And you, you live in California, correct? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, give it. Go ahead. Sorry. Just a short jaunt over the... Uh, the pond, if you will, to Boston. <laughs> yeah, man. So give us a little background. When, How did all this start for you? Ooh, do you want the long story I or do. the short long story? Oh, we always want the long story. <laughs> oh, man. We got time. Okay. <laughs> I'll do my best to consolidate it to under an hour. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but um, to sum it up, so there's a game uh, when I was growing up called Guitar Hero, which was a music rhythm game that... I got totally obsessed with my parents uh, initially didn't buy the game for me because they were they were trying to pull like, you know, the parental like, oh, we just can't afford it right now. Sure. And then I got it for my birthday for whatever. I think it was the PS2. And um, so it was Guitar Hero 3 was my first Guitar Hero. And that had like Foghat and Brett Michaels and Kiss and yeah. Steve Ray Bonds, Easy Top. And at that year, uh, at that time, you're what? How what? What is? At, at this time, I was like, I don't even know if I was ten yet. Wow. And um, so I got way too good at it. Like it just in <laughs> in the snap of a finger, I was playing expert, memorizing what what they they call them charts, which are the notes and the buttons, and and uh, it got to the point where I could be like doing the dishes, playing the song, not looking at the TV, and not missing a note. And I remember the first time I was doing this, it was with Tenacious D's The Metal. Nice. On Expert. And I was just like, you know, playing around, making a sandwich or whatever for lunch. Because there's a lot of hammer-ons and pull-offs. So I was like, oh, well, I I'm, I don't want to stop. So I'm going to keep playing. I know this song well enough. I can do it. So my dad's watching me do this. <laughs> and it's like, and it's happening more and more and more 
and uh, while, while likes, you're making a sandwich, you're doing all the hammer-ons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so um, he's watching me like memorize and teach myself these songs over the period of you know. Once I, I remember the day that I tried expert. Yeah. I I, I got up to medium on Slow Ride by Fog Hat, and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna try expert. Like all my friends, they're up to hard, and I'm you know what? Just I want to be the kid to brag at school like oh i can play expert yeah so so i i hit it and it wasn't even that hard so fast forward to i'm memorizing all these songs <laughs> and my dad goes hey would you would you like want to learn guitar because you're you're in a way learning how to play guitar yeah totally you know but but it's only on the five buttons yeah and I was like, no, dude, I don't want to mow that many lawns. Like summer's coming up and I don't want to spend it working off, you know, a couple hundred dollar guitar. I was like, ah, you know, if I had one, I'm, I might do it. But like, you know, I was very like anti work as a kid who plays video games for fun is, you know. So I come home one day and his good friend is over his name is Mike and Mike goes, Hey, I, I, I want to show you something. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. So I'm not thinking anything of it. And, and we're just shooting it. And my dad's telling him about guitar hero. So I'm talking to him about it. And he pulls out this flying V <laughs> and uh, I was like, Oh, well, that's cool. I was like, so uh, well, what's going on, man? And he goes, well, you know, your dad's been telling me about, you know, you're playing this game and you're learning all these songs. So why don't you try and learn like, a couple scales and you know we'll just see what happens and the deal that my dad made with his buddy mike that i didn't know about until probably a couple years ago was their understanding was yeah if austin really likes the guitar i'm going to buy him his own you can have the flying v back this is my dad talking to his buddy so what should have been like a month and a half two month lease and by the way, this guitar is like a super hybrid mutt. It was originally a 1969 Gibson Flying V. Oh, wow. We we took it up to my friend in Reno's um, shop called Bizarre Guitar because we just couldn't identify why there was nothing indicating on the body that it was a 69 except for the stamp because it had a volute, which is non- indicative of that time period it had the tuners were were changed we we knew that the bridge pickup was changed out in uh the 80s for demarzio super distortion that's the only modification that the friend told us about and so we opened it up and everything was dating to 1973 and so uh, my buddy greg golden worked with gibson to organize their serial numbers for like 30 plus years and he goes well these pots are gibson however uh they're changed and the tuners to 1973 so he goes really it's pointing to one thing that could have happened he goes in in the late 60s early 70s and even into the 80s if you broke your guitar like basically in half if somebody ran it over with the tour bus you know they would call gibson and say hey this is what happened i just i really need you to fix it and spec it out with you know today's stuff and he goes this is a custom radius neck no gibsons even today have this thin it was basically like a 
like a, a really small Telecaster like size. And so he goes, what could have happened is they could have ordered the custom neck, ordered the jumbo frets to be put in, and then Gibson hot rotted it out with the 1973 spec, you know, equipment. Wow. And so he goes, I would not drop this ever. Yeah. And, and so I had it for a long time and uh, it was about 11 years later and it was we had just buried my buddy and uh, it's actually one of the songs that i wrote um with joe uh about him we were not about joe about my friend who passed to clarify yeah um, yeah yeah <laughs> just so there's no like uh miscommunication or misinterpretation but and when you say joe you mean joe merrick yeah yeah um joe is alive <laughs> and well yeah yeah joe's alive and well just got married Con uh congrats, congrats. buddy if you, when you're seeing this but um so it was the day after i uh we had just buried my buddy we were all just sorry to hear that just hammered from emotional distress and and, and exhaustion and so my flying v was standing straight up straight up and down leaning up against the couch um or the guy's flying v i it's mine basically yeah at this point yeah and uh my dad sat down and it slipped and uh. bam right on the ground but we were so just emotionally drained at this point we didn't even think of anything and so we just put it to the side and a couple hours later i was like you know i want to play some guitar i need to get my mind off of it i opened it up and the headstock was snapped right off wow no and i i was like you know <sighs> what it, it couldn't have happened at a better point, uh, kind of, because I was, I had just, I was still grieving and I was like, you know, it's an instrument. Yeah. It is what it is. I can, we can get this fixed. I go, my friend, he's gone for a long time. You know, he's not going to be here. Mm. So I go, dad, you need to come out here and look at this. And so he, he saw how I responded and he was like, you're, you're taking this really well. And I was like, dude, it's just a guitar, mm. you know, it can be fixed. And so I called Frank Hannon. I told him what happened. He was like, Oh my God, did you cry? <laughs> I was, I was like, no dude. And I explained to him what just happened. And he was like, you know what? Let me call up. Let me call up my buddy. He was in steel breeze. He custom builds guitars and fixes them uh, for a living. And so we called up him, uh, the guy. He had it for about a month. And then when we got it back, like days after we got it back, my dad's friend Mike just showed up out of nowhere. And the guy from Steel Breeze did such an incredible job at matching the finish of the aged black paint on the headstock that you you seriously couldn't tell unless you you picked it up and got it in the right angle of of like a super bright led like oh. it was seamless and so after a while we told the guy and we're like hey you know this is what happened under our care we totally understand if you want it back and he goes nah you're, you're joking dude that didn't happen and we're like no you need to come over like we will show you <laughs> where the seam is and so even then he was like you know uh given the circumstances i'm not i'm not upset he's like you can you can still keep it i don't want it right now you know and um eventually i had to give it back to him because out of the 22 years that he owned the guitar i had it for 12. 
And so he's like, look, you're only supposed to learn like the first pentatonic scale. And then we were going to get you a guitar to replace it. And I was like, dude, can I just buy it from you? Like, will you will it to me? And he goes, no. I was like, are you serious? <laughs> and so he has it now. And uh, since then, I've acquired two more Flying Vs. And uh, I have a custom one being built by my other uncle. And it's going to have a kill switch and add a phase in the neck and um, coil tap in the bridge with a Bixby. Nice. And it's just going to be sick, dude. My boy with a Bixby. I, I'm, a, I'm bit by the V, and uh, there's no turning back. <laughs> They're beautiful guitars. They sound so nice. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. It's just it's incredible. I wish you... Did I... No, I don't. I don't think I had my original V when I went to go see Joe. I think I that year is when I returned it, and then we met, you know, and all that happened. Yeah. Oh, so because I had the blonde one. Yeah. When I came out. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. So that happened before we saw you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and now you said that was a span of a dozen years there. 12, right. Twelve years. What an origin mm. story. That's awesome. Yeah, that is a good story, man. And I that, told you it's a long one. <laughs> well, it's uh I I mean to be I mean how old were you when your friend passed away? 20, oh, this 21, is, 22. Um during COVID it was um let me think. Because Frank was still home, he hadn't gone on tour yet. Uh I think the end of or the middle of 2020 so i was yeah 21 or 22 and i was actually out of state when it happened and i was flying home that day when one of his favorite artists wrote a song about him and i was just about to head out from the uh, music store that i was uh, at in texas and um i saw the post and then i called my mom and and we just we uh we cried a lot on the phone and then i wrote a song in the airplane which is uh on your way home which joe merrick and i recorded and um that dude so my buddy who passed away was the definition of a ladies man all he would do because i would bring him to my shows all he would do was stand there with a beer and that's it it didn't matter if they were <laughs> married. It didn't matter if they had a girlfriend, boyfriend, anything in between. They were single for him. And the dude, to me, like wasn't even that good looking. He had a stuffy <laughs> beard. He had tattoos on his knuckles and and like up his neck. And like it wasn't like vibrant, like ghetto. But it was just I was so astonished. And multiple times, <laughs> we would just leave him wherever we were playing. We we're like, hey man. Uh, are you having a sleepover tonight or what's going on? And uh, he was like, I think so. We're like, well, I'm not getting you tomorrow. I'm not making this drive back twice in, in two days. So make up your mind. And uh, the, the ladies would, would drive him back and, and I'd be, and I'd tease him. I'm like, so how is it? He's like, I I'd just rather not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. It was, yeah. That... He was, he was a great guy and it was, he didn't kiss and tell. No, uh-uh. No, it was, I miss him dearly, but through music, you know, and uh, 
getting to talk with other people who, you know, because everybody's lost somebody by this age um, in their life. So it's not like when I heard the news, my first reaction was like to immediately like drink my emotions away or, or head into hard substances or anything like that. Um, I was raised in a clean and sober family. And so the way that I've been able to use my emotions is through music. And um, it's the healthiest but most expensive non-narcotic that you can get into. <laughs> sure, man. Sure. So good for you, though. It served, yeah. Oh, yeah. It served you fucking amazingly. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. It's well, you guys, too. I mean, well, I yeah, don't know oh, if yeah. it's the same instance, but your band is killer, buddy. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's therapy for sure. Yeah, mm. I mean, it's, that's all... I think that's the reason. That's the only reason why I've ever really did it. <laughs> yeah, and I uh, have been, you know, lucky enough to be able to go different places with it and stuff. But yeah, I mean, dude, what, what you're doing right now is you're you're out there, you're touring, you're doing it, you're living it. I'm trying to, yeah, I'm I'm uh, doing my best, and as a you know a current independent artist, just saying you know hello, my name is to as many people as I can find online. Yeah. And for the people who have hidden their information, just just reveal a little bit so I can reach out to you. Yeah. <laughs> just a pinch. Give me a give me a, a hint. You gotta you, they won't regret it. You gotta give them something, people. Yeah, right. <laughs> Dude, the guitar hero story is funny. I can remember when I was living in uh, my first apartment, uh, it was probably like oh three, oh four, and that stuff just started coming out. Mm. And uh, I remember my friend's nephew came in. No, it was his little brother. And he came in, and he hooked it up in our living room, and he's playing it. And, you know, he's like, hey, you want to try? I'm like, uh, yeah, sure. Started playing it. I hated it. I'm like, get a real fucking guitar. And I gave it, and I gave it back to him. But I watched this kid destroy this game. And I remember thinking at the time, I was like, you know, the picking, the finger, dexterity... Yeah. What you actually have to do is 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 playing guitar, really. Oh yeah, and that's why it was so seamless for me when I yeah. picked up the Flying V because I had I had already built up that hand-eye coordination. Yeah. And being that it's a visual type of experience, I just immediately, you know, my first riff that I ever learned was TNT by ACDC and uh here I come, you know, this is dating back maybe 14 years ago, the infancy of YouTube. And there's some heavyweight bearded guy with a fedora and uh, a 335 named Marty Schwartz teaching you how to play TNT by ACDC. And the minute that I figured it out, it was, dude, it was all over. I literally failed a grade because I was so obsessed with learning the guitar. I just didn't do homework. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah, I can, yeah. can kind of relate. Yeah, totally. It could totally relate. The to only that. classes I really excelled in are the ones I cared about. You know. Yeah. Oh for yeah. Sure. Totally. And guitars, numero uno. Numero mm -hmm. <laughs> uno. Um, yeah, lot, lots of lots of time growing up in bars, but never seeing any bar fights, which is strange to say. Yeah. What kind of bars were you going to, Austin? <laughs> the nice ones, apparently. I, I guess so. I mean, 
Oh, that's rad. That was my next question, the, the, the transition between Guitar Hero to Guitar, because it, it just makes sense. And I think Guitar Hero and even, uh, what's the other one? Uh, Rock the, Band. Rock, Rock Band. Band. They have, yeah. those games have bred like a whole new generation of great musicians. Like, oh, I, I think so, too. It, it was the, to me, it was like the kids uh, that Guitar Hero just wasn't enough. You know, one, mm. once they beat it, it was like, well, then what's next? Mm. And, and the next logical step is whatever instrument, you know, guitar, bass or drums or if they were the vocalist, so to speak, for rock band, you know. Mm. Yeah, sure. I mean, definitely. It's it's even I mean, you even have songs on there like I remember Dragon Force being was that, oh, right? that yeah. was but the way yeah. you if you play Dragon Force on expert and you <laughs> nail, and you nail it, it's really not that far off, like finger wise, you know, just the just all mm. the hitting the notes. It's a different when you transition to the guitar, of course. But I mean that would that would help somebody so much if they could do that. There's people that stream, oh, yeah. stream them all the time. I've seen them on YouTube. They're just like Mer sitting there like nothing, just like just like humming this thing. Clicks like yeah, on the video game. Yeah, like streaming them playing the video game yeah. and just crushing. Yeah. Oh man. Oh yeah. I could. <laughs> we had a friend, our friend Justin, Justin McNeen. He did that. He did the drums. Yeah, he did he the drums. He was nasty. Yeah, he really <laughs> got into that, man. He's actually going to come on the show, too. He's a fascinating dude. That's um, cool, man. Yeah, yeah. He's out in California. Where are you in, Cali in Cali? Uh The closest uh, that I'm in California is Sacramento. Oh, right on. Yeah. So we yeah, did. Uh, I think that's the capital. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've been to Sacramento. I had a good time there. Hey, nice. you can remember it so yeah it's yeah a, yeah no i did i time. didn't i didn't really party too hard when i went out there i was actually recording with uh with a band and doing some stuff in la and i went to sacramento it was fun oh there you go yeah la is interesting <laughs> i was in uh west hollywood that was interesting you went to hollywood yeah oh shit yeah it was interesting <laughs> <laughs> i've never of... been to california it's uh yeah i hadn't either it's um, hot yeah <laughs> It was nice. I had a nice time. Good people. Met a lot of good people. And, uh, but I don't know. Yeah, there were some sure. weird vibes, dude. When I was in like West uh, Hollywood, it was some weird vibes. Some weird stuff. I was, I was going to ask dog, you. you I, I was yes. Gonna, I was going <laughs> to ask you if you had any fucking crazy shit going on over there even now. Um, no, I mean, none that I can report of. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just playing and loving it. Uh, yeah, there you go. We are, we are going seven hours out of town to go play this this um place in in nevada it's their first music festival oh cool and so that'll be cool they're supposed to have like a, a 40 by 20 foot stage or something like that nice and it's it's gonna be wicked cool man <laughs> oh man <laughs> i want to fly out just to like see you i want to come out sometime just to see you playing in in your yeah, element <laughs> What uh, wait, what got you going with the shows? Like, when did you first start performing? Uh, well, okay, so in a band sense or like jamming, because that's two different answers. How about touring? How about both? How about all of road? it. Give it to us okay. all. We want everything. <laughs> okay, so it started my transition out of Guitar Hero to guitar. There was about a a year, maybe two and a half of my dad would put bounties 
so to speak, on riffs. So he's like, okay, I'll give you 50 cents per guitar riff that I can identify without the music. No way. So as soon as I did TNT, he was like, there's 50 cents. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to drain this dude's bank account. That's awesome. <laughs> so as soon as he ran out of change, he was like, okay, I will pay you, I don't know, it was like five or 10 bucks per whole song <laughs> that you can play. And so one of the very first handful of songs was um, Moby Dick. Because okay. that was just, you know, basically wow. three riffs and that was it. <laughs> and so I started learning it. And what I didn't know is it was in drop D and I was playing it in E standard. And so I was like, look, that, you know, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, no, it's close. I watch another video. I don't you know, I'm not a musician. But so you're not getting paid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I, I went back to Marty Schwartz. Here he is. Okay. What we're going to do is we're going to drop our E string to our D string. This is how you do it. Blah, 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 blah. And, like, and the minute what? that happened, it was like, boom, 10 bucks. It was instant. <laughs> and so once that started to happen, he was like, okay, well, now I'm going to need you to sing. And I said, dude, I can't sing. Like, I am not a vocalist. And he goes, well, you want to be like Steve Ray Vaughan and Jimi Hendrix and Shepard and Bonamassa and all these people, right? Hell yeah. I said, I said yeah, dude, that's like, that's it. That's that's what I've always wanted to do. And he goes, well, what's the difference between you and them? I was like, well, some of them are dead. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm alive. He's like, no, stop being smart. I was like, well, they sing. <laughs> He's like, yeah, dude. So $20 for every song you can sing, play rhythm and play lead to. And then by that time, he had fully tricked me, monetarily speaking, <laughs> into being like a front man. And so... Once I started to sing these songs at my house, I would go to open mics. And before I started singing at open mics, I would have backing tracks that I would download from YouTube and I wouldn't look at anybody. I had my half stack. I would always be the first person to sign up because I took sitting long to set up because I would straight up bring my 75 music man all tube head. It, it's, it's identical to, to the one that uh, Johnny Winter used in his career with the phase. And it's just, it sounded killer for, for like traditional Texas style blues. Sure. And so I would set up with the host and I would sign up for like, you know, eight 30 or, or somewhere around there when there was people there, I'd play two songs. And then at the end of the night, I would pack up with them and, and head out. So the better I got, I started getting, uh, more confidence in myself. So I would go into Guitar Center and I'd bring an aux cable with the adapter so I could plug into a clean channel of an amp. And I would just do that and jam. And sometimes people would come in and like say like, oh, hey, good job. And sometimes people would come and jam and then like say, hey, you know, I think you need to work on this. I think you need to work on that. And there was this one time this local kid, he came in and he, dude, he just... He didn't say a word. He had a red Les Paul. He plugged into a Fender Hot Rod Deluxe, <laughs> turned it turned it up way loud, which is our, the room that we were in was soundproof, so it didn't matter, and just totally like creamed me. Like I would <laughs> on Guitar Hero to strangers, that was him to me. And um, so we started to hang out, and then he started bringing me to these blues jams. And so there was one every Wednesday and one every Sunday. And so when I was probably mm, 
around 14 or so, I started to go to these bars twice a week and, and they would be like, okay, well, what do you know? And I'm like, I don't know, like TNT by ACDC. They're like, this is a blues jam. So we're going to do what's called a one, four, five. Do you know what that is? I said, I have no idea. And they were so, these adults, you know, late fifties, sixties, sometimes seventies were so gracious to basically allow me to learn on the spot, uh, how to solo live in front of people and what a one, four, five was. And it took about mm, maybe two years of consistently being told, okay, well, we're going to play in the key of a, this how is where the a is the a is on the, the, the second dot. We're going to do a one, four, five. So, you know, your first finger is going to be the same on the A and the E. And then you're going to go up to the third dot on the A string. That's going to be where your five chord is. And so there was one day, and I remember it distinctly, where I was at the Sunday Blues Jam, which was which would have been the second uh, jam of the week, so to speak, in my little <laughs> schedule that I, that I had to custom my parents to drive me around. And he goes, okay, we're going to do a one, four, five. And, and he goes, let's do a, and I was like, all right, cool. And so we start playing and then I'm playing and I look at the guys that are in the band and I was like, I understand it. They were like, understand what? I was like, you didn't have to show me. They were like, show you what? I was like, I didn't hit any bad notes. And I was so excited <laughs> and, and like it clicked. So it, that from that day forward, I knew, you know, A, G, B, C, and D and E. And, um, that transpired to what I didn't know was the guy who was teaching me, so to speak, on Sundays, he was the bass player. Well, he was married to Ike Turner's daughter, and oh, he had actually wow. toured with Ike. Um, Holy crap. In the, I, I, I want to say, I, I don't have this information on hand, and it's been a long time since I've uh, thought about it, but I think late 80s, early 90s. And so he goes, hey, my wife is Ike Turner's daughter, and she's going to be here next week. Um, so would you like to meet her? And I would known who Ike Turner was, and I can't remember why. Yeah, you know, sure, sure. Because yeah. being, being – I mean, it's I Ike Turner. To, it's just a name. It's the name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like, I know that that's important. Yeah. And so so I, I didn't think anything of it, and I come back the next week, and it's my friend and I again. Um, we played and all I see is just this wall of hair <laughs> and, and I'm like, well, that's gotta be, you know, the lady that he was talking about. And so she comes up to me and my friend oh, and goes, Oh my gosh, you play so great. You're fantastic. How old, how old are you? I said, I think I was like 15. I go, I'm 15. That's amazing. And she, and she goes, uh, do you know old, old love by Eric Clapton? And I said, I've never, I know who Clapton is. Yes. No, I don't know the song. And she goes, well, do you want to play it with me next week? And I was like, yeah, okay, sure. Why not? Oh my God. And so oh my she God. goes, okay, well, you and your friend go home. We were both the same. Oh, actually, I was a little bit older than him. Um, I was like a year and a half older. So what we did is we would like, for like two or three days, we bounced from each other's houses and learned this song. And at that time, I was, I was having real trouble uh, actually playing a full bar chord. So, like using all of my hand, uh, all of my hand, to form. You know, you got to put your bar with your 
first finger and, and with the B and, and all that stuff. And so he did some of the rhythm more of the complex stuff. And I did the main riff and I didn't understand why she chose that song. And she goes, okay, well, um, I, this is a little fuzzy on my memory, but I think she told me, she's like, okay, I want you to solo first. And then uh, she, she pointed to my friend and she goes, then you solo. And we're like, okay, sure. So when the time came to solo, uh, I started doing my thing and I had a 70s reissue Squire Strat running straight into my 75 Music Man half stack, which it, it's totally the equivalent to like a Big Muff hmm. with a little bit more dirt and low end. Nice. And so we're playing and the song ends. And so she goes, hey, I, I'd like to invite you and your family over. Um, I have something to show you. And I was like, okay. So a couple of days later, we're at her house. We're having dinner. And she goes, you want to know why I, I chose that song? You know, Old Love by Eric Clapton. I said, no. And she goes, the first time that I heard you play, it sounded exactly like daddy. And I was like, and it didn't occur to me. I was like, yeah. oh, uh, okay. It's a little weird because I, was, <laughs> I, I wasn't used to grown adults referring to their parents still as like mommy and daddy and sure. stuff like this. Yeah. And um, she goes, I, I have a tape that I want you guys to watch. This is daddy. This is Ike. She's talking about. Yeah. In, in our home, in our living room, he's just playing. Like he's, he's just doing his thing. And so, excuse me, she pulls it up and it's like identical to phrasing the, the choice of notes. Everything was exactly how I played at that time. Wow. And she goes, I, I would like to, wow. to mentor you. And I was like, well, yeah, of course. I mean, who would say no to that? And right. so up until I was about 19 she was my mentor and she taught me how to sing from my gut and use my diaphragm and, and not use my throat to produce the volume that was necessary mm. and from that from working together we recorded some songs we rewrote some songs that were on the air and we sent it to red bull records and they said hey um no because this is our artist one and two you didn't ask to you know re-record this so we would politely like you you know to just not release it that's our wishes and we we're like oh okay well whatever and so um in the midst of of playing in her band and the jams and stuff i started to book my own shows and most of my first gigs were like it was it was almost a Stevie Ray Vaughan tribute band. It was like 90% Stevie Ray Vaughan and then like throw in a BB King or Clapton or, or something like that because I was so heavily obsessed with his guitar playing and I had such, and I still do, uh, it enthralls me whenever I hear like a bootleg or just another video that I haven't heard. The emotion that that, one dude could produce out of just bending one string mm. is still unparalleled to me. The only person that I could say would come close is Philip Sace, and he's out of Canada. I don't know. And, I don't. Uh, I'm not familiar with Philip Sace. Oh, dude, you okay. you should look him up. Uh, I'll spell out his his name so uh, 
if you watch this footage back, you can look him up. It's S-A-Y-C-E. Okay. And that dude is just incredible, fantastic. And he's like, if Stevie Ray Vaughan and Eddie Van Halen had a kid, basically. Wow. He's got the, the same nuances as Stevie, but the just over-the-top speed of, like, Van Halen or Yngwie Malmsteen, it's, it's, it's still... I haven't seen them live yet, but the live videos that I've seen are just nuts. Is, so this is him right here, Brian? No. Oh, is this Stevie Ray? No. Is this Phil, Austin? Phil <laughs> oh, that's what he just said. Yeah. It's him. Okay. That's who I meant by him. Yeah. yeah. Set of, what does he play with? Do you know? Uh, I know it's a it's an old '60s Strat. Sounds and, like a Strat. I was gonna say. <laughs> and like I want to say an old. What what what's the coveted Fender amp? Is it a reverb or a, or a twin? Yeah, twin reverb. Twin reverb. I want to say it's that, and um, then he's got all sorts of custom pedals for his tone. Sure. But um. But yeah, I just I eventually started to have my own band and as I got better, I I started to get better bandmates and right now I have just dude, the tightest <laughs> tightest band that I've that I've ever had. It's uh, Frank Cannon's home band when he does solo shows. Wow. And, um, wow, dude. <laughs> yeah, I know. And the way that that came about was when Frank and I but right before we started to work together because when COVID hit, it was like it, he still had that passion for creating. Yeah. So he took he took myself and a couple other artists under his wing. But right before that, That's they amazing. were on tour. Yeah, they were on tour in Canada, and my drummer that I was using, uh, I don't know, I can't remember the circumstance, but it was an emergency like day before, couldn't make it. And so I texted Frank. I was like, dude, I don't have a drummer. I'm going to, you know, it's a good paying gig, blah, blah, blah. I need help. And the only two words he says, there's no like phone number attached or nothing. He just goes, Kelly Smith. And I was like, okay. So I go on Frank's Facebook page. I look up Kelly Smith through his friends list. And it's this dude with a goatee and there's like nothing about drums really i mean there is him playing a couple of times on his timeline with frank and i was like this has to be the guy and so i hit up kelly smith and we start doing some shows together and it's like show five or six and frank is still on tour at this point with tesla and kelly goes hey man did frank ever tell you like what or who I am or what I do. I was like, no, he, I just, I needed a drummer. He sent me your name and that's it. <laughs> he goes, dude, I'm Frank's drummer. I was like, you're Frank's drummer. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing playing with me? Like, dude, come on. You're playing. I'm like, dude, as I, I soon as Frank he was comes on back, tour. 
Wasn't Tesla's Tesla's drummer on tour? His with home Tesla? band. He's the drummer for his, his home his band. Home band. Oh, yeah. yeah. When 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 Tesla isn't on tour, Frank likes to do some solo shows. Oh, I, and that's so right. that's fantastic, man. I was just I, my mind was blown, and I was like, dude, like he set you up. I, I yeah, <laughs> for yeah. sure. And up. he's like the tightest, tightest backbeat I've ever performed with, and through playing with him. We, I was eventually in a similar situation, and he goes, dude, why don't we just call Nick? And Nick is Frank's bass player when he plays solo shows. <laughs> I was like, man, I really don't want to upset the apple cart and like basically <laughs> steal Frank's band. And he's like, dude, he's on tour with Tesla. Who cares? Like, if he gives <laughs> us a call and we're not playing with you, we'll just, it's all good. So I'm like, okay. So I've been playing with them for better half of uh going on two years roughly now wow. and it's it hasn't been a more rock solid experience dude they have i and i've told them time and time again i go i am so spoiled with the the level of musicianship that you guys have together let alone when we jam that i go it, it's it's gonna be impossible i don't even want to think of the day that I'm not going to be playing with you guys because it is just, it is so freaking killer, dude. It's gotta be unparalleled. I mean, it's, it, yeah. it's, it is unparalleled. <laughs> We've opened for like a 12 piece band before. And with just three people, we sounded like there was, you know, 20 of us on stage compared to them. Yeah. And oh, people just yeah. didn't understand. And I was like, well, first off, the sound guy must like me more or something <laughs> as a joke. And I'm and I'm listening and I'm and I'm looking at this band that's playing and nobody has an amp on stage. It's all digitally, you know, which is fine. You can get some really killer, you know, like a Helix or a Kemper or something like that. Sure. But I'm I'm old school, dude. What yeah. you hear is what you get. So, yeah. I, you know, coming from live acoustic music to everything is digital but the drums there's going to be a significant you know difference in the tone yeah for sure absolutely yeah here bit rate mm -hmm. mm. <laughs> wow that's fantastic man that really is so how's the show's been going what are you guys doing right now oh uh, it was the we just did two back-to-backs over the weekend we played a fair and then we did a um there's a local charity who does a bike race. It's like a, oh, I don't even know how many miles, but it takes people like six and a half hours to complete or something like that. Wow. And, and um, they raise money to be able to buy um, children who are low income bicycles. Nice. And so when they hit me up, the first time I did this was last year. And I was like, dude, I, you know, I, I can get behind that because I, I remember wanting to learn how to ride a bike when I was a kid. And, and thankfully, my family, you know, we weren't in that position that some some families are and they just they just can't. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, you know what? Yeah, let's do this. And so they hit me up again and we we played for about two, two and a half hours in like the 100 degree heat. <laughs> and uh we we uh somebody made a joke about us playing freebird and that same guy of had been course. eating ice cream on on our break and i was like so i into the pa i go that'll cost you three scoops of mint chip <laughs> as a joke as a joke and so 
we we play like a very just off the cuff we we never rehearse it um you know ad lib solo of the last two or three minutes of freebird yeah wow and uh and then we we end it and i look around and their friends are like oh he's going to buy you ice cream i was like ah no you know he doesn't have to do that they're like no we're serious i was like ah people say things all the time so (laughs) now we're we're going into like minute like nine or ten of frampton comes alive do you feel like we do yeah and whenever i play that i play it note for note per the record like i've i've spent probably years of my life into that one song and so i'm i'm playing and it's like we're just getting into the talk box nice and here comes this dude with three scoops of mint chip (laughs) and he puts it right on the monitor in front of me and i was like oh that's so sweet but at the same time i'm thinking it's gonna be all melted by the time that we're done and so the song ends and we all pick up the uh the ice cream and it was still like really cold and nothing really had happened to it nice and so the dude was like eat the ice cream and so i took a bite and it was so refreshing i was like oh i gotta keep playing or else i'm just gonna get lost in this ice cream dude (laughs) he's like oh don't let it go to waste so i took one more bite it should have been like make me a milkshake then (laughs) yeah right and i knew like my body was so like messed up from the heat because usually my stereotypical like reaction to ice cream is like i get a little phlegmy and like i'm I'm coughing and stuff definitely and like none of that happened it was like i got just a nice cool chill down the spine and then it was like soothe my vocal cords and i could have probably played for another two hours so lesson to the kids who are dying in the heat Mm. don't have a lot of ice cream just have like a bite or two and it'll just for me anyways just relax everything and it'll allow you to keep going dude like, yeah yeah it's a lifesaver nice man yeah that's a big thing with singing is uh avoiding dairy the day of things like that yeah and like some people have told me like there's a guy who swears and he's an incredible vocalist locally up here that he cannot sing without nesquik's chocolate milk interesting he, he has a yeti giant water bottle frozen in the freezer the night before and then he pours chocolate milk into it and uh he just chugs it all throughout the gig probably and i'm like probably needs a phlegm yeah maybe and and i'm just sitting there because i saw him do this i was like man you must be like really thirsty what is that water he goes no chocolate milk i was like (laughs) fucking you (laughs) ew like chocolate milk and he's like yeah and so he explained it to me and i was like yeah, I don't think I'm going to try that. <laughs> I got it's cool that it works for you, but like that's uh, I don't know, dude. It's a little too risky for me. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound a little risky. <laughs> yeah, right. Holy crap. Wait, is there anything else you do to like protect your voice on days that you play? I mean, are you are you uh particular? So, as you know, Joe Merrick it not only is just an A plus on every instrument known to man, yeah. but he's, he's also a vocal coach. Yeah. And so the very first time that I went there, he was like, okay, well, did you warm your voice up before you came over? And I was like, dude, it is so early. I am so jet lagged. I had pancakes. I'm like, that's all that that's, I showered. I had pancakes. I'm here. I made it on time. That was my agenda. I go, I didn't even know that 
like you had to warm up your voice. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's yeah. like, well, what do you do for shows? Then I go, well, I start off my first set and a half step down. So I'm not killing my voice. Yep. And then once usually, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes of that, I'm warmed up and, and I'm good. And he goes, okay, well, let's go into the other room where the piano is and let's do some vocal warmups. Hmm. And I was like, uh, okay. And he goes, don't worry, I'm a vocal coach. I have, you know, I've been doing this for umpteen years or whatever it is, 20, yeah. 30 years. Yeah. And he goes, let's just, it'll take 10, 15 minutes. And once we did that, it was like everything was opened up. Yeah. And it was, it was a level of freedom vocally that I had really had never experienced on purpose. Yeah. And so the next time that we did that, the next day, he's like, so did you warm up? I was like, dude. I go, it's the exact same thing. He goes, okay. <laughs> so what I, what I did, which he caught on very quickly, was I, I turned on my, my voice memo recorder and I just laid the phone down right on the piano. And we're going, you know, about five minutes in. And he goes, are you recording this? I said, well, yeah, I'd, I'd like to, you know, for the next time be able to do this at home. And so that way I'm, I'm not wasting any studio time. And he's like, oh, okay. Well, so then we continued. And after that first trip um, in May of 2021, I think, um, I started using that like daily. Like I would, I would rehearse my set. I would do that first. I still do that now. Nice. And um, I woke up one day. Dude, and my phone acted like it had never had that recorded before ever. And so I was panicking because it was like a, a oh, no. regime no. by that point. Yeah. I'd been doing it for like two months straight. All of a sudden, gone. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, this can't be happening. I have a show tonight. What am I going to do? So I did my best to hack through it on my guitar, which did not work. <laughs> and I did my show, and my show was pretty good, but not as good as other times when I had that source material to really warm up with. And so my manager called Joe and explained the situation. And within 20 minutes, uh, we were on Zoom and we both recorded it on Zoom. And so I recorded it on my hard drive, on my computer. He did it up to the cloud. Amazing. And so I have three different <laughs> backups of this one 40 minute vocal warm up. And uh, I do the first 20 minutes. And if it's like, I know that it's going to be like a serious day of vocals for whatever reason if i'm doing like stuff for social media like TikTok and all that stuff i will do the whole 40 minute workout so to speak but um i i just do the first 20 25 minutes of the scales that that we did over zoom and um it is such a game changer dude to keep mm. your keep your voice just in that open state and um i'm sure he's shown you this but the but uh he called it like the elephants or whatever where you'd make that that really weird like you move your lips and, and yes. all that stuff yeah go really really high and then go really really low yeah, yeah. and so um it's tiring too <laughs> it's it is tiring dude like 20 not 20 minutes but like halfway through <laughs> i almost throw my back out because i'm i'm pushing so hard yeah with my abdomen i yeah. have to i have to break and thank god it's a video because if it, if it was over zoom joe would be sitting there like hurry up dude <laughs> come on pussy the, yeah <laughs> well, yeah no I, I don't think he would use that verbiage but you know he maybe now that i'm older 
But um, he wouldn't, but I would. I apologize. <laughs> it's all good, dude. And so, uh, you know, it's just a blessing to have been able to have one worked with you guys, but worked with Joe as well. Dude, he's and like a, he's a guru. He's like a music. He guru, is. Man. And I copied this from him because when we were shooting the music video for uh, my next single that's coming out, we were we were um, at the mixing console getting some B-roll. And you know how he had that giant, that external display, the, I don't know, the 65-inch um, mm. flat screen above it. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, well, let me just put on like, like a random background real quick. I was like, why? We're, we're just shooting. We're acting like, you know, we're, we're recording the song right now. And he's like, yeah, but it'll look cool. I was like, it's a TV screen. Like, <laughs> if anything, put a green screen on there and we'll just keyframe it out. He's like, no, 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 just trust me. And so he did it and it looked great. And then um, I wanted to spice up my Zoom calls and stuff. So I was like, you know what? I'll try that. So the very first time I did it this year, I was like, oh, that, that works amazing. <laughs> and so I just have some random like 10 hour loop of, I don't even know what it is, but it, it sure does save a, a lot of lamp. time yeah, like a with it. Lamp. Yeah, with the green screen and trying to, you know, yeah. keep myself out and all that. Oh, that's great. So you have Make a legit TV behind you with just. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. the secret, kids. If you want a clean background, <laughs> sit in front of your TV. <laughs> Dude, Joe is funny like that, though. He'll he'll. Yeah, he'll have these random suggestions when you're working with him, and he'll you'll just kind of be like, uh, "Okay, dude, yeah." And then, but yeah, then it, it ends up making a giant difference. <laughs> oh yeah, there was one time where it was it was a little freaky, because we were recording uh, the title track to my EP called "Do or Die," and right at the end, there's like a white noise explosion, and. Um, that's like one, I guess that's one of the things that he likes to do production wise mm -hmm. is like add little, little, um, ear little, candy little like that glass breaking and, and shit. Yeah. 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 And so I'm in the restroom and we're just about done it, recording it. And I get this thought. We had the exact same thought at the exact same time. And I come out of the restroom. I go, Joe, I have this great idea for the ending of the song. He goes, so do I. I go, but well, hold on. Let me, it, I go, I don't know how we're going to do this. He's like, what? I go, we need to add an explosion to the end of it. He goes, I just had the exact same thought. Ooh, I was like, them. awesome. Connected. How are we going to do it? And then he just got on his keyboard and pressed one button, and it was just perfect. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's like, like that? I was like, dude, that's like better than what I had in my mind. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Yeah, he oh, does. Yeah. He, 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 I don't know, man. There's something about working with Joe. Like, he does, like, at some point, you, you connect. Like, you start connecting. Yeah. And it's there's, there's one of the tracks. It's called Pushing Me Away. And to sum up that, how that transpired was uh, years and years and years ago, um, Spit hit the fan in my family, like, hard. And it wasn't between my immediate family, but it was between, um, relatives mm -hmm. and so i'm watching this altercation go down and i'm i write out these lyrics pulling from what i'm witnessing and the general consensus of it was there's a a relationship that happens and somebody is believing the other person and the other person's lying to that person and it sounds a little confusing but that's the best way that i can describe it 
And so when I presented the song to Joe, Joe was really able to pull from that situation because he had experienced a, a kind of a similar thing. And so when, when he was asking me about it, he was like, so like, did you break up with a girlfriend or like, were, were you dating somebody? How, how did you come up with these words? He goes, because these, this is like some, some pretty heavy stuff and you're super young, dude. Mm. And I was like, well, you know, I just explained to him the situation and he goes, well, do you mind if I kind of mess around with it a little bit? I was like, sure, dude, I don't care. Like, why not? And dude, what he came back with, it, it still stands the hair up on my arms. I don't have a really great webcam right now, but if you can <laughs> see it, it's still straight up and down. Just, just <laughs> thinking about the process and, and how it ended up. And, um, and I asked him, I was like, dude, what, how did you even hear this? Like, I couldn't imagine in a million years, my rough, rough demo of this song. Cause I've been playing it live as it was for years. And it was, it was good, but it wasn't great. It, you could tell that I was making an attempt at songwriting, but there was just that, that little bit of, okay, well, if you do this, that, then that's what makes a song a song, you know? And um, he was like, you know, this is just from years of experience and life this is what happens you know you you can hear the direction and visualize it and then he goes but but if i also see there's there's this avenue as well uh so i just tried it and i'm really glad you liked it i was like liked it dude this is just it's a hit <laughs> and he's like no you know he's he he's a really humble dude mm. and and it's great but like multiple times I, I had to reassure Joe. I was like, Joe, dude, I go, this is like Grammy level stuff. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> when, when that happens, you know, you're going to have to buy a suit. Right. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, Oh, well, you know, that'd be cool. I'm like, no, 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 it's not. That'll be cool. It's you're going to need to buy a suit. So start looking <laughs> because you're going to get the call. I go, I don't know when, but you got to You got to You know, you and and your wife, and you guys got to look nice for the for the uh, for the Grammys. <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Oh yeah. <laughs> so funny working with him and like producing stuff. You know, like with him and him producing stuff with you. It's like, I think, I I, I would imagine a lot of people that have worked with him have had a similar thought like that <laughs> where they oh, would all, they, they were, they would all think about being in that moment where they would be like, and I couldn't have done this without Joe Merrick. <laughs> Dude, that's, and I like people who, who know that I've worked with Frank and other producers, they're like, so who is this guy? I was like, Dude, it's Boston's best kept secret. Yeah. And I'm like, this is how you get a hold of him. Like I can't, I can't recommend enough. For people to work with this guy but yeah. at the same time i don't want people to work with this guy because <laughs> I, I want to be able to walk in and, and you know lay down the tracks when needed but i'm not going to be like oh he's off limits he's mine right because right. yeah because yeah. i'm not that dude and joe's not that dude and uh <laughs> going back to and i'm just now remembering on the subject of pushing me away 
the the initial like premise of it was we were the the story that that we were coming up with was we were telling that the person who was like taking the side to basically like you know not f off but it that was the vein of it and so he's like okay you need to get angry you need to give me some of that bamf that i know you can pull out yeah. so i was i was yeah. doing my best and he's like you know what let's just take a break and i was like okay and so he's like so like what do you like to watch and i'm like well you know i i grew up watching uh, you know three stooges and tom and jerry and he goes oh i love tom and jerry let's watch an episode i was like <laughs> but we're okay and so uh, he's like well what's your favorite one and i was like well you know the one with crambone and he's like i i own crambone on apple tv <laughs> so we so we we're watching freaking tom and jerry with with the uh, you know the grandpa mouse coming in with the acoustic guitar and, oh i'm not yeah. crambone and uh we're just we're laughing and and just having like giggling like girls dude and he goes okay well now that we got that out of our system we're, we got a fresh mindset let's go back in and try and record the vocals again and i'm like really because i'm happy right now like i don't think i can be mad <laughs> at this at this point in time and he's like no nah, come on so we did a couple takes a couple takes and uh he'd punch in he goes nope needs more crambone and i'm like <laughs> all right more crambone coming up <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic man yeah he's a, he's a character dude i mean you know better than i do that ah, dude's a genius man and uh i yeah he yeah he he deserves to be a busy man and he is <laughs> mm -hmm. it's funny man i I always say to people, I mean, I'm, I'm probably beating a dead horse because we've talked about it so much on the show, but I've, I've recorded with many different people, many different engineers, and he's just my favorite. He's my oh, favorite. Yeah. My, and, and even on like a personal basis, he's just an amazing guy, you know? He and, is, dude. We went to dinner with uh, his now wife, and it was just like hanging out with a long lost friend. Yeah. You know, there, there wasn't any like awkwardness. Yeah. Or like walking on eggshells. We had a lot in common right off the bat. And as time progressed and getting to know each other, it was just more and more common things started, you know, to line up. And I was like, this is it. Yeah. I, I'm ne I'm never going to be produced by anybody else as long <laughs> as Joe's around. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I totally know the feeling. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, man. He, uh, yeah, I wish I didn't drop the ball on hitting him up earlier today. <laughs> it's all good. I want, I don't know why my phone told me it was his birthday. I don't I either. Like, he said I was it like, wasn't. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, well, um, that's interesting because it's on my calendar. But, dude, I don't even know. Sometimes, you know, my phone just likes to mess with me. Yeah, phones, <laughs> phones can be funny. <laughs> yeah. So what what do you got going on in the near future? What what is uh what's your week or month musically looking like? Well, we're going to have a killer start to July. We have three gigs in the first four days, so we're playing a private party on the first. We're playing um that Nevada show that I was talking to you about, and then that's going to be on the second. And then on the fourth of July, we're playing in a place called South Lake Tahoe. Whoa. And and uh, that's, that's like California. One of the, outside of like LA and Disneyland, as far as uh, I think we're 
Northern California is what uh, we're classified as. That's like the tourist spot. And man, I'm so excited for that because I played New Year's Eve up there one time and it was like 30 degrees, 20 degrees or something like that. So now that I'm going to be able to enjoy hopefully a nice like cool 85 maybe uh it'll be awesome there's supposed to be well i know there's going to be thousands of people in the city but there's supposed to be um like 500 to a thousand is what they normally average for for this show nice for the year so that'll be cool yeah man do you have any do you have any preference on like the shows that you guys play as far as like private shows or venue shows or uh no not really i mean we'll we'll plug in pretty much anywhere it, it's the the only thing that really plays a factor is uh gas <laughs> sure yeah i was gonna ask <laughs> if, about if it, being on if it the covers road. if it covers gas uh and and then some you know it all works out so there's a, lot, there's a lot of people dipping out of touring because of how expensive it can get right yeah, yeah. in what how's like do you guys got merch and all that stuff going yeah, we have merch. I'm currently with my team. We're rebuilding our online store because uh, the first version of it was like you could tell it was DIY. Sure. And so right now we're we're taking the measures to make it you know as as professional as we can. And um, yeah, we have T-shirts. We're we're making some custom ones for the Fourth of July. We have our we have the CD that we did with Joe. And um, and then we have digital merch, which to sum that up, I found a guy on the equivalent to Etsy. It's called Fiverr. And this dude makes custom Guitar Hero songs. And so with the river that you guys punched in in the beginning of the interview, yeah. I sent that to him and he made a, a custom chart for it. And so he sent it back to me and I compiled that with my music video. And so we have that available as well um, for the PC version. It's it's a free client of Guitar Hero. And um, one of my goals has always been to be put in like a rock band, like officially into a rock band or Guitar Hero, hopefully if they, um, if they revamp it and open it back up. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense, dude. Like yeah, same. it'll come full circle. It it's, yeah. it's kind of has in a weird way come come full circle. Yeah, I mean you you're putting stuff out with a guy that's doing custom guitar hero stuff for you. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> and it's and it's good too. It's like it's it I don't know how to do it, but it was exactly the the right amount of difficulty per, you know, easy hard and all that stuff. Have you played them like with the with the guitar hero? Yeah, yeah, I I checked it out. I plugged it in, and and uh, what's your it, score? It was, what's it your was score? really, uh, oh, dude, on that, on my song, um, I don't know. I know in in the PC version, you can get up to seven stars hmm. out of seven, and um, I think I got six. <laughs> but then again, I'm a good, I'm more of a guitar player now, so right. like, I can play my song, sure. but I I can't full combo it on <laughs> five buttons anymore. That's a riot. <laughs> yeah, 
I think I, I think it evens itself out now. Yeah, sure, man. <laughs> yeah, you moved on to the six strings. <laughs> Beaten yeah. by your own song. Yeah. In the end. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's pretty rad. <laughs> and and what is the name of the band? Is it just Austin Mo? Is it Austin Mo Experience? What is it? Well, for a long time, it was the Austin Mo Experience, and from my point of view, it was like the Jimi Hendrix Experience. But I was like, you know, I don't want it to be like a tribute. I don't want people to assume that it's a tribute to Jimi Hendrix. So I'm just uh, I'm just going to strike off the E. And so I, I was under that moniker for a long time. Oh, okay. And once I started working with some, some more uh, high-profile people, they were like, well, so who's the experience? I was like, it's me. And they were like, well okay but like usually if the band name is two parts basically you know you're austin mo and then there's the experience uh people will identify the rest of the band with the experience i go no you're coming to ex you're <laughs> you're coming to experience mm. austin mo that's that's the austin i mo am experience. the verb you know <laughs> yeah, right. Right, right i was like in in in, in like a non because it wasn't out of ego or anything but i was like you know i said it one day i was just trying to come up with a band name and i was like oh i like that i could i could roll with that and so for a long time it was the awesome experience and then once i started to talk with more and more people they started telling me you know hey it's I've sent this out to a handful of my friends and their first thought is it's some Jimi Hendrix tribute fronted by a white kid. Okay. And I was like, well, <laughs> it's not. And they were like, look, who are your aspirations? Who, who do you model yourself after quote unquote? And I was like, Joe Bonamassa, Joe Walsh, Eric Clapton, Steve Ray Vaughan, Jimi Hendrix. I'm listening to all these guys. And they were like, okay, well, how many of those guys have experience in their name? And I was like, well, Hendrix. And they were like, well, yeah, but that was only for that specific part in his career. Right. And in that part of the career, it was a solidified lineup. Mm. And I was like, okay. And they go, so you're either going to have to like basically have a band which they go, there's pros and cons to that. Or if you just want it to be like Joe Walsh or Bonamassa, which you don't know who's going to back you, you just drop the experience part. And mm. so after a long, long time of debating <laughs> and, and talking with management, we're like, you know yeah. what? Let's just, let's just try it for a little bit. And if I don't like it, I can always just add the experience back. And so it's been... I think four years going on five this year is just Austin Mo. Mm. And, uh, you know, that, that really establishes like it's an artist. Yeah. You know, I get where they're coming from. Yeah. It's crazy. It, it's crazy that, uh, that you could take the name of, I, I get where you're coming from too, though. Seeing like the Austin Mo experience, we're experiencing Austin Mo. It's crazy right. that somebody could be, so big you know as jimmy was where that's mm. you know that's what like marketers and stuff would automatically think like it, it yeah like, it was really it was kind of mind-blowing to me because i was like well yeah. you, you know i if it was a hendrix tribute band i would say like you know osmo experience tribute to jimmy hendrix or something like that right or or tribute to whoever 
But they're really and, like, and, no, dude, he owns that. <laughs> right. We yeah. have the data. And, um, and well, I'm I'm good friends with the Hendrix family, and even they, you wow. know, when I told them my my band name, um, they didn't see any any uh, Corey with it. Oops. I met them through through Twana Turner. She hooked me up with um, Jimmy's drummer, and he got us Nam passes oh, for holy the first time. Crap, dude. Um, dude, if they're telling you that they don't have a problem with it, then come on. Yeah, yeah, they didn't they didn't see any issue with it. And I talked with his cousin, and I got to meet his sister and brother-in-law, uh, Guitar Shorty, who just recently passed uh, I, within the last couple of years. Nice and um, I got to play with the bass player, Earth, Wind & Fire. Wow. And I did get to jam with uh, Hendrix's drummer and his cousin, and we did Foxy Lady wow. in the key of G. Oh, my God. But the bass player for Earth, Wind & Fire didn't know how to transpose it. So we're all outside oh, learning no. from from Jimmy's cousin, trying to figure this out. And I was like, "Oh, okay, so we just do it like this." And I was the first one to figure it out because wow. we were trying to figure out what key the bass player could sing it the best in. And he's like, "Oh, well, my natural safe space, so to speak, is the key of G." And we we're like, "Uh, how do we transpose that?" And so once I taught myself the song outside, I just you know bumped it down a couple of frets. And then I taught everybody else <laughs> to it who, huh. you know, they have two or three lifetimes of experience over <laughs> me at that time. I was like, I was, I don't even think I was 18 yet when I met them. That's wild. Yeah. That is wild, man. Nice. So what is some of the most crazy experiences, no pun intended, have you had with, <laughs> with the people you play with, who you've met? What is some of the stuff that really sticks out? Because I mean, I imagine other, everything other you that. said sticks out, but yeah. Yeah. So what else? <laughs> Give us more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the, as of last year, I, I'll give you a good story. So Frank Hannon, uh, uh, we're going back to Tesla. That'll, uh, that lead, alone. <laughs> their lead guitar player. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I, oh, I should, I should lead up to how, oh man. Okay. Hold on. There's two stories. Um, I will tell you how I met him and then I'll, I'll, I'll go back to what I was going to say. So for my 21st birthday, my family friend who has been watching Tesla cause they're a Sacramento grown band. Uh, their first rendition of the band was called city kid. And so this guy, this is like going back almost 40 years that when they were my age, they were city kid and they would rent out ballrooms and have kegger parties and just, you know, be teenagers with musical instruments pretty much they were doing it with an intent but that was like the vibe back then everybody would just come and party and then grow and grow and grow the fan base so my family friend goes hey i have a surprise for you and i was like okay and he goes i have tickets to see tesla i've been watching them for like 30 30 40 years i want you to experience you know frank hannon and jeff keith and charlie ketta and dave root and i was like uh, all right. Like, I didn't know who Tesla was with the name. I knew their songs, but I didn't, I wasn't under the impression yet that I had known their catalog for so many years. It was just one of those, like, it came on the radio. I knew it word for word, but other than that, it was just, eh, I didn't know who they were. Mm. So I start looking into it and I hit up his personal photographer and I go, Hey, Tesla's going to be playing in uh, Sacramento. My family friend just bought me these tickets. I would really like to surprise him 
with backstage passes. I go, I don't want to hang out backstage. I just want him to be able to come in and say hello to Frank and as a surprise and a thank you to him. Mm. And so Frank's photographer goes, oh, well, dude, I'm sorry. I'm going to be out of town. I'm double booked that date. And I go, he goes, I really wish I could help, but I can't. And I was telling my parents this and at the time. And uh, I also voiced it to my management. And they were like, well, dude, just hit up Frank. He's got a Facebook, right? And I was like, no, I'm not going to hit up Frank Hannon. I go, dude, it's from here. How many hundreds of people do you think he knows that, <laughs> hey, can I come and get free tickets and backstage? And Sure. And they're like, look, if you say he's going to say no, he's he's going to say no. If you have no expectations and just you know, say hello and hi, my name is, you never know. He could say yes. And I was like, you know what? That's, that's a pretty good point. Hmm. So I hit him up. I wrote a very nice message to him. I said, to sum it up, hi, my name's Austin Moe. I'm a singer, songwriter, artist. I'm 21. My friend's been watching you for since City Kid. Can we come backstage and say hello? We already have our tickets. I'm not asking for anything other than just like five minutes of your time. And he reads it and I hear nothing. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, he's a rock star. He's a legitimate rock star. Yeah. So I'm not going to bother him. I'm not going to send anything else. And before the day is over, he hits me back up. Hey, Austin, I know who you are. I've been watching you for a couple of years. <laughs> I would, I would love to meet you and your friend. Send me your full name as it is on your ID. How many backstage passes do you need? Wow. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm I'm freaking out, man. Huh. And I tell I tell everybody, and they're like, what? And I was like, yeah. And so I I'm like totally outside of my comfort zone because I've never at this point outside of Tuana met a legitimate like certified rock star who's been and watching so, you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. In, in the most. <laughs> professionally nice way you know he wasn't like a stalker or anything but he was keeping an eye you know i i i had some buzz to my name at that point and um so we show up to the show we go backstage my friend and i we see the meet and greet tesla banner we're walking around we see like half-eaten sandwiches everywhere and their their wardrobe and i'm like man you know i wish i could have met frank but he's just not here so uh, he's probably warming up or something or whatever and we go outside to our seats and we're sitting down and I'm kind of bummed, but I'm trying to enjoy the opener. And I get a text from Frank <laughs> and he goes, Hey man, are you here? And I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, we're here. We just got, we were backstage and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, Oh, well, you want to come and hang out? I was like, what? <laughs> uh yeah of course i would want to come and hang out that's that's the whole re like yes it's an obvious yes and i go but where are you like because they're not letting us backstage anymore he goes oh i'm just gonna send a guy out uh, he goes send me a picture of what you're wearing and um i'll just head them in your direction i said okay so i did that the guy brought us back into the trailer and Frank's hanging out with his daughter and her boyfriend and they're all like chilling. He's in a t-shirt and he's like, Austin, dude, come here. So nice to meet you. And he was like the most down to earth dude. And I was so like in shell shock of being like in his presence. And, and mind you at this time, I still didn't understand 
who truly who he was sure. like i knew that he was a big deal yeah. but i didn't understand the catalog of music that they had that were hits that i had already known since growing up and listening to the classic rock radio stations in my town yeah and so that's how i met him but following to your question of any more crazy things frank last year the the beginning of the monday of a random week they're going to be playing a, a 5000 seater on friday frank buys a harley and posts it online and i'm like oh well that's cool you know i just hope he's safe and he's got a big show coming up so yeah you know hopefully nothing bad happens to him and so the day of the show my management gets a phone call because at this point, Frank and I had been working together. We, we'd already written some songs. He knew that on my cell phone, I have the ringer. It turns on after 10 a.m. and it was 7 a.m. in the morning. So he called me twice. He knew that that wasn't going to, to work because he remembered. So he called my management and all I'm hearing in my house is hysteric like serious hysteria and all i'm hearing is frank hannon frank hannon frank hannon and i'm literally half asleep my mind immediately goes oh my god frank got ran over and uh, something oh no. that's my first initial thought <laughs> and they burst open my door they go get in here we need to talk to you da, 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 da. i'm like what what's going on i don't even put on any clothes i'm falling asleep in the hallway and my management goes are you ready for this? I was like, what is, well, is Frank? Okay. They're like, Frank's fine. It's Frank's more than fine. I was like, Oh, what's going on, man? Like it's, it's too dang early to be up. <laughs> it was only seven. And so, um, they go, you're playing with Tesla tonight. I was like, <laughs> yeah, right. I, I go, yeah, right. They're like, no, you're opening for Tesla tonight at Thunder Valley, which is our local 5,000 seater up here in the Sacramento area. Wow. They go hop in the shower, eat your breakfast, practice and go i was like yeah are you serious they're like yep and i was like okay so there was no time to be nervous it was just get up go 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 and what had happened to which i didn't even i didn't even know until i got to the venue was their opener at the time played a show the night before and the singer got COVID at the show Ugh. got two songs into it and then <laughs> threw up the rest of the night holy crap yeah wow and so it was just such a surreal experience not only for frank to call me at seven in the morning yeah that that is a that is a morning wake-up call i don't even care who it is like i have zach wilde's personal phone number he doesn't know that but <laughs> i i'm not going to bug him or anything like that if if i get a person of importance calling me like that sure. i don't care what time it is dude i'm hopping on the plane yeah we going yeah We're, we will we will do it even if it's in a different country if there's enough time count me in you <laughs> yeah, know man. that's that's where i'm at right now as far as playing shows and yeah. um <sighs> we got our first song at, at that show we we played the river or no we played good for me which is joe's song actually that he let me re-record and um, I was so nervous and at, there was only like 2,500 people, which is still it's a lot of people starting off. It's a lot of people yeah, man. for me to just, this is my first time in the big leagues. And I was like, you know what? 
this this the opener that was supposed to be here is super high energy i can't just stand here in my little two by two cube on a 75 foot stage i need to start moving around and so by uh the next guitar solo in the second song i think it was the river i just had to just shut off my nerves and like you know what put on a show dude that people pay good money to see the original opener and you're filling in for them which is huge shoes to fill mm. and the minute that i got into that mindset it was like all right this is i can get used to this <laughs> Nice. So yeah, moving. just just a couple of uh, you know crazy things. <laughs> yeah, more man. to come, more to come. I'm I'm sure. And how and how did that whole show go? Oh, dude, it was fantastic. Yeah, how'd you? Feel? It was it was so great. There was, uh, I'll keep it PG. Well, it it really wasn't anything past it. But um, as soon as I got off the stage, Tesla was coming on. I went into the pit to just hang out. And I'm sitting there, I'm watching them, I'm, I'm singing along. And all of a sudden, I feel these two hands squeeze my ass <laughs> hard, pardon my French. And I'm like, what in the end? I turn around and there's these two hot, just like tens. And they're like, oh my God, you were just on stage. And I was like, thank, thank God it's a woman, first off. And thank God it's, it's two really pretty girls. And uh, I was like, yeah, it's just on stage. And that was really nice. But I was like, you know, for the future, please don't ever do that again. I'm like, you just, you don't understand how many levels of fear just went into me. <laughs> My goodness. It was, but I, dude, it was so cool. There, everybody there at, at that venue, was great the staff was great they're still asking me when i'm coming back that's fantastic and, uh, yeah and they just built a new venue the the last one was outside this one is indoors now and so i'm like hey dude tell your boss to tell his boss like i am ready like peter frampton's coming in august i'm ready if he wants an opener dude like let's do it that'd be <laughs> amazing man yeah wow i love it yeah, that's fantastic. That's yeah. wild. That's wild. That's fuck. I, that's freaking crazy. Yeah, I know. Now you got us saying freaking. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I got I gotta put on my filter because, as you know, with the internet, you don't know who's gonna be coming across it, and and uh, I'm watching my tongue more more than uh, I have been. Oh, dude, no worries. It's it's an it's we an image it. thing. Ah, we you know. It. No, no, I'm not. We're not even making fun, man. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I no, get it. It's real good on, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we. Uh, you're making us clean up our act. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go get a bar of soap for you two. <laughs> yeah, we need it. <laughs> Maybe some salt. Well, salsa used to do the trick for me, but not not so much anymore. I love. Maybe salsa. ghost pepper salsa for you hey, guys. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, that that that's amazing. And uh, you're you're what did you say? You're 24, 25 right now. Yeah, 25. And, amazing. And we we just went over experiences that you've went through in the past. What? How Twelve. many years? Twelve years? Eleven years? And and it was those are there's way more, but just I'm sure. Of, like like the highlights. Uh, there's there's so dude, we could go another two hours. There's a halo around <laughs> you right now. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. I've totally planned that, <laughs> dude. I mean, uh, we come back on sometime, man. 
Like we love. Yeah, brother. This was great, and it's good to see you, man. And uh, I, yeah, I, likewise. G- give your give your love to my uh, not my family, your family. Yeah. And, oh, uh, dude, give my love to your family, man. I yeah, I, I will do. Didn't meet your dad. Your mom was such a sweet lady, and it sounds like your dad is an amazing guy, and it sounds like they really have your back, and that that's phenomenal. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The, I I seriously couldn't do it without them. I mean, the the amount of times, not only that they drove me to those open mics and and uh, all the bars and jams and stuff when I was learning, you know, they they still every once in a while will come and and help me out work when needed at shows, and um, you know, it's it's a huge blessing. There's so many of the rocks, like, I, I won't name names, but people who I've worked with who are giant in the industry, they're like, dude, if I would have had that, you know, when I was your age, I probably would be in a totally different situation. And they're like, in a good way, sure. though. Yeah, it's important. It's super yeah. important. My parents were super supportive, too. And uh, they did the same thing. They came out to my shows. And we were, we were a loud punk band back then. And <laughs> but my mom grew up in music. And her father was a pretty well-known drummer from the area and played with some big acts. And oh, that's cool. Sp- yeah, making noise in the house with my friends was never an issue, which, dude, that goes so far. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I wish I could still do that. The neighbor uh, next to us... Uh, we shall just say we have our differences to the point where uh, if the cops show up again, we get fined. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, that happened. <laughs> I lived in the middle of nowhere at the time, so. Oh, <laughs> the music that's, you're that's playing just... isn't like intrusive. It's amazing. I know. It's I like would. I would be li- some good guitar. Yeah. What kind of person doesn't like that? Right. Right. Yeah. If you were our neighbor, I'd love it. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, hey. When that when that house when that house is available, I'll shoot it to you and uh, oh please do. We'll take over the neighborhood, dude. Dude, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> what 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 part of California are you living in? Basically Sacramento. Basically it, it's Sacramento. ten it's ten minutes north of Sacramento. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, please do. Yeah, maybe, it's, uh, maybe it's we can peaceful, work. but maybe we can. <laughs> Go ahead. We can change that one house at a time. We yeah, can change that exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's some strings we can pull. <laughs> no. Yeah, there's there's not, Pluck but then be converted into a rehearsal studio. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, fly Joe out too. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, when and I've told him multiple times. I'm like, dude, when when it happens, I go, I'm flying you out, and you are rebuilding your studio wherever I'm set up at, and we're just gonna fly you out. Oh yeah. To just do it. You know, dude, I go, I don't, I don't want to have to, it's amazing to work the way that we do, which is I send him my demos and he does his magic. And then I come in and do like guitar and, and vocals, but I want, dude, I want to watch it. Mm, <laughs> and yeah, so yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm just going to set up, you know, Merrick headquarters 2.0. And whenever that happens, it's, it'll, it'll just be. It's freaking awesome, man. There's a spot here ready for you whenever you want. Yeah. 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 If you're ever around here, dude, we have a whole studio set up that you can't see that's on camera. Spin the camera around. Yeah. <laughs> All right on. We, next time you're in town, play play on the podcast. Do a live performance if you're willing. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be awesome, dude. Get a looper and <laughs> yeah. something. Yeah, that would be killer, dude. So where you're at now and what you're doing, mm-hmm. what, do you have any particular goals or anywhere you'd like to see yourself 10 years from now? Or are you just living in the moment and just loving it? I I am doing that, but we're, 
my my current amongst a bunch of goals is to find some representation that is one not in it to you know mess me over in any way who's actually um like no ulterior motive if that makes sense they want to no, that makes total progress sense. yeah in it in a pure way so to speak as a as partly as a business but as an artist mm. um do you the, do you, the main you guy probably... no go ahead sorry the main guy that i've been modeling myself after is joe bonamassa and he's got a producer and a manager and that's it and then there's joe and we've found our producer so now we just got to find our manager mm. and take over the planet yeah dude absolutely and that that can be like uh tricky waters to navigate in, uh in the, the music industry i mean oh my god you hear so many horror stories <laughs> oh yeah dude i can tell you yeah we've i've turned down five deals already uh the worst one was the the main part of it was they owned royalties life plus 75 years oh my god which is ridiculous because yeah. i was like 18 when they presented me that Wow. And this lady, I, I shouldn't say who she claimed she worked with, but yeah. there was no evidence pointing to it. We got a hold of um, Faith Hill's attorney, and oh, wow. <laughs> she, she gracefully gave us two hours of her time out of Nashville uh, at no cost. Very nice. And she's just a total down the earth woman. And she goes, Look, you know, I would change this, that, and the third. And if they're unwilling to do this, then it's not the right fit. You'll have plenty of other offers. Mm. And so we told her what we did. And she, in writing, goes, oh, LOL. I love it when people get lawyers involved to try and scare me. No, I'm not changing anything. And we're like, well, okay. So here's your keys back and uh, count me out. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds shallow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was my first deal. Wow. And, <clears throat> and then there was a handful of other ones that just... They, they were more in favor of the manager than me. Yep. And so I was just like, eh, you know, I'm going to pass right now. And maybe in the future, if you want to revisit, you know, we can. Are you seeing things like uh, like the 360 deal, basically, that people are tossing to everybody? With yeah. Yeah, there was, there was one guy who tried to tell me that he could sell a million dollars in, in physical CDs. And I was like, well, that would be amazing. But considering that I can almost guarantee Taylor Swift doesn't even do that now. <laughs> and I'm where I'm at. I, I don't think that that's possible, dude. Yeah. And uh, he was like real adamant about it. And it was just kind of a shifty vibe. Sure. That I was getting from the dude. And um, I was like, you know what? Hey, thanks, but no thanks. And I hope whatever artists you work with in the future, you know, you guys do sell the million dollars in, in yeah. physical product. Cause, yeah. Cause once that happens, I'm like, dude, sign me up with that salesman. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Funko let's, Pops. let's, let's do this a la carte, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. Oh, dude, <laughs> you got a good head on your shoulders, man. Cause some people would get the first deal they're offer and just go for it, you know? Oh yeah. And, and, but you man, know, my, you got. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was tough, you know, there were some deals that looked better than others, but then once we really started looking into it, it was like, you know, this this just isn't the right one yet. Did you ever get any second thoughts when you had to turn a deal down? No. 
because then like immediately they they would show their face like they'd take the mask off and oh yeah yeah wow see the mm. true colors and all that huh oh yeah <laughs> true colors but anyways um <laughs> <laughs> little visual humor for you guys watching this yeah for the people seeing the visual <laughs> yeah. yeah dude wow yeah that's amazing i mean yeah there are people just just sell themselves out so and they sell themselves short and a lot of them don't even know what they're doing when they do it yeah nice. yeah there's there's uh my buddy his name is jared james nichols and he's gibson's current like ambassador which is a giant thing to do oh um he's got a, a writing deal and he briefly explained it to me but it's like they they pay him every i don't know if it's every song or every so many months or whatever but he's like yeah like this is how when i'm not touring this is how my income is outside of my merch and business you know i write these songs and and through this company blah 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 blah, blah. and i was like oh well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's that's like that smart. dude from Nickelback. Really? Yeah. yeah he's written like a um, plethora of other people's songs. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's money in that. I mean, you got to create, if you can create some sort of residual income when you're not touring, I mean, that's the trick. <laughs> oh, yeah, for if sure. You, if you can make money while you're sleeping doing what you love, then why <laughs> wouldn't you? <laughs> right? Yeah. Even Chad Kroger. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I, man. Dude, is um, you know, you you uh, do you have any advice to offer to any? What's the best musical advice you've ever gotten? Yeah. Or... Oh, dude. Um, let's see. I mean, the 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 number the stereotype, which it's still it's why it's been so widely spread is is one find your passion, like. You know, with me, it's blues rock guitar singer. But even if, dude, even if it's the violin or the banjo or, or what have you, if you're, if your soul is burning with passion for it, pursue it and be the best that you can be in that, whatever it is, regardless if it's, even if it's not musical, if it's a business or if it's art or you like to teach people, just, you know, dive in and don't look back. Because mm. that's what I've done. And and there's there's been, you know, maybe one or two times where there was, there was some apprehension. But then as soon as, like, those thoughts would come in, it was the immediately there would be things to, to show that, yeah, I'm, I'm doing what I was meant to do, mm. you know? Yeah. So just, just, just you know. stick with it regardless of, of how you know down in the dumps you can get from life or or whatever very hard rock of you yeah man <laughs> yeah that's, that's what it's a hard rock life's all about right there man yeah mm -hmm. i've noticed that man if you put in the work and uh and it's something you really do love and appreciate that it'll meet you halfway doors oh, definitely doors will open up and yeah yeah that's good man that's sound advice my friend Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Thank you, dude. Uh, seriously, yeah. it's been an honor having you on. And uh, you, you mentioned the song that you wrote for your friend that had passed. Would you want to play that out? Would you like that to play out? Or do you have yeah, any particular? Sure. Yeah. No, I mean, it. whatever you – it's your show, man. I don't know what it's called. What's it called? 
It's called On Your Way Home. On Your Way Home. Yeah. Hey, why not? Rest in peace. And you, you mentioned Ike Turner's daughter, too. Rest in peace, Tina Turner. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, would that be her mother, or is that a different marriage? No, so she is out of Ike's first marriage. Yeah, yeah, I knew he was married a few times. Yeah. <sighs> no kidding, man. Well, uh, thanks yeah. for coming on, my friend, and I uh, I hope we can do this again sometime. Yeah, it'd be cool. Wait, oh, and any uh, just thing you want to plug? Shameless plugs. Where can people hear you? Where can they buy your stuff? When are they gonna see you? The biggest shameless plug that I can do is just my website. It's my first name, Austin, like the capital of Texas, and then Mo, which is spelled M-O, and then .com. You can find all my social media, Spotify, and, and upcoming events. And we're going to have our merch store open soon, so we'll have all of our things for sale like that. And then also... If you do want to buy anything that you see online, you know, at this time, feel free to email us or direct message me on my social media and let's, uh, let's get you some Austin Mo at home. Hell yeah, <laughs> man. Dude, that's fantastic. You have austinmo.com. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> One link to rule them all. Yeah, man. Definitely. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks Austin. for having me guys. Yeah. It's great having you. Okay.